0: you're listening to the world famous chick whisperer podcast and now here's your host scott mckay gentlemen, from all over the world. Here we are gathered again for another episode of the world-famous Chick Whisperer podcast for men. With me today is a friend of mine. He and I have known each other for quite a while. He's a fellow world traveler, so every time we get on the phone together, it's always fun to catch up. His name is Scott Valdez, and I want to welcome him. Scott, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Scott.
0: How long have we known each other, man? It's been about four years.
1: Yeah, yeah, right around four years now.
0: I know I introduced you to Esteban Lara and Nick Quick down in Medellin, and you ended up going down there and living there for quite a while.
1: Yeah, I was there for really, I mean, the past four years, I've been there for like two years. So I got to know both of those guys really, really well. Good friends of mine now.
0: Such a great underrated place to visit. I think people think of the cartels and the Escobarters, but you go down there and the weather is beautiful, like San Diego, California. The women are terrific. The food is great, and it's just a gorgeous mountainous terrain. Beautiful place to visit.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't really go wrong with Medellin. It's got kind of all the elements that you'd want. Perfect climate year round. I mean, really, yeah. the, the weather never changes. They call it the, the city of eternal spring for a reason. Uh, it's kind of perfect all the time. And and uh, yeah, great food, great people. People are so nice. The women are beautiful, easy to approach. Um, it's really just a, yeah, it's an awesome place to, to camp out for a while. I
0: just wish the airport was closer to town. Dang, man, it's like 45 minute drive to the airport across the mountains to get there. But otherwise, yeah, yeah, it's a great place. Well, the reason why we're gathered here today is because you are an online dating expert. You are the head of a company that's doing really well, just skyrocketing, called Virtual Dating Assistance. And today, we're going to talk about something that uh, we've managed to elude for all the episodes of this show until now, which is talking about Tinder. But this is just such a huge, hot topic. You and I were kind of chit-chatting before we started the show about how more and more of the guys you're talking to aren't even doing online dating sites at all. They're just going with apps like Tinder, right?
1: Yeah, it's becoming more and more common. You know, I'm hearing a lot of Tinder, Hinge, a lot lately Happen has really been blowing up and uh, Coffee Meets Bagel. So it's uh, kind of a trend, you know, things are becoming more and more mobile, even the, the people on using dating sites themselves. I mean, they're mainly accessing them through their mobile phones now. So the whole game, even on the dating sites is changing.
0: Now, Coffee Meets Bagel, that's the two chicks who came up with that site, and they actually went on Shark Tank and refused a $30 million infusion,
1: right? That's them. That is correct. Yeah. Crazy. That is them.
0: This is a huge business. What I've found out from guys in passing, talking to them about Tinder relative to other dating sites is you know we can arm them with all the online dating information in the world, which we'll tell you how to do later on in the show, but once they get... On Tinder, it's like, man, you have to learn how to walk all over again. This thing is completely different. And a lot of guys are crashing and burning, aren't they, Scott?
1: Yeah, it's a way different app than any of the dating sites out there. Uh, okay. Even to the extent of when we manage this for our own clients, we end up using different writers than we do for the dating sites. So we you know, manage their profiles on dating sites and apps. And it's so different that we literally sometimes have to use different people because it's a different skill set and it's something that you really have to get good at.
0: You know, what that brings to mind to me is that, you know, if I'm good at online dating and writing profiles and writing first emails to women, I'm going to have to put on a completely different hat and think out of the box completely to succeed on Tinder. That's got to be frustrating when you've been swiping right, you get a couple matches with women, and then you write them and nothing happens compared to having been successful online. But I guess also the opposite side of the coin is true. If you've been kind of striking out online, you have another shot at Tinder and it might be more your bailiwick, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, Tinder is really, really photo driven. So Mm. one of the things we're going to talk about today is photos because they are front and center on your Tinder profile. Obviously, they're really important on any dating site or app. But the importance is just magnified on Tinder. So that's kind of step number one, whereas, you know, the dating sites, your profile text can take you a lot further.
0: Before we talk about pictures, let's circle back and talk about what makes writing for Tinder so different, because I don't want that water to go under the bridge without these guys having had the benefit of hearing from you on that. So talk about that for a few minutes.
1: Well, the thing about Tinder is you've got a bite-sized profile. So you have a really, really short character limit. I think it's 500 characters. So it's just a fraction of the size of a regular dating profile. And that really changes what you can communicate. You have to write a lot in just a little bit of space or you have to accomplish a lot for your profile really to make a positive difference.
0: So give me some examples of how a guy might get in a different headspace to succeed on Tinder relative to what he might have done on another online dating site like Match or OkCupid?
1: So Tinder, first of all, is a lot more casual, right? So your profile text and um, kind of even your messaging when we get into that, it all needs to sound a lot less serious than it would on on a regular dating site. So what does this mean? Well, you know, one simple application is inject a lot more humor into your text, you know, come out with something funny that will take you a lot further on Tinder than maybe uh, it would on dating sites. Although, you know, women in general, they like humor. Uh, That's no surprise. But Tinder is more of a laid back app. So people tend to be uh, just kind of playing around and having fun with it. And when you come out with something that comes across as really, really serious, uh, it just doesn't match up with the users of the app and it's not going to work well for you.
0: In other words, when you're on Match.com, you fill out this profile, you take the time to do it, you line up the pictures with it, and you are looking for someone. You are looking for people to go out on formal dates with. You're looking for people to potentially make a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And I mean, on a site like eHarmony, good grief, all those people are basically balls to the wall looking to get married, and they're taking a gunfighter seriously on eHarmony. But on a site like Tinder, it's really just about, hey, look, here's my smartphone. I'm bored. I want something to do. Let's flirt with some people and see where it goes. And I think it's brilliant and very intuitive that you would come up with that observation because it really rings true. I think especially women are like, hey, let's flirt with some guys and see what happens. And yet the net result tends to be the same. You end up meeting people, going out on dates with them, and who knows what happens after that. But the whole vibe at the beginning is just coming from a completely different angle. That's fascinating. So give me some examples of what a guy might write.
1: Well, one example you know, of a kind of just laid back humorous profile would be something like, uh, please swipe right only if you'd like to build a fort, stay up all night, play Twister, dig a hole to China, and drink chocolate milkshakes. And parentheses, you could say, preferably spiked with bourbon. A Tinder profile doesn't actually need to tell people anything about you. It's completely different than a dating site. Now, does that mean you can't describe yourself in your Tinder profile? Absolutely not. You can make it very, very customized to yourself. You can even go with something really, really short that's um, just like some three kind of short phrases about yourself. So one other example would be using a, a series of short sentences And actually encourage women to guess which one isn't true, right? So you could have just a few quick funny facts or um, kind of interesting, unique things about yourself and then write something like, I bet you can't guess which one's not true.
0: You know, that's terrific because that is a proven icebreaker in small group events is that game called give me two truths and one lie about yourself. And the object is to guess, you know, which one is not true compared to the other two that are. And if you can prepare ahead of time, knowing you're going to play that game someday, you can stack your odds with such amazing, true things about yourself. And the secret I've noticed is to tell the truth without giving details and to really milk that truth for all it's worth. Actually, I can give you a couple of mine that I would potentially use because I've had some practice. The first one is I survived a shark attack while surfing, which is true. No details. Actually, I got bitten by a very small species of dogfish, which is technically a shark. And I shook him off my ankle and my surfing buddy looked at me and went, dude, what was that? I go, I think it was a little shark. He goes, dude, you just survived a shark attack. And he started laughing. I actually had the two little bite marks in my ankle for about 15 years, a little scar on my ankle. And I used to show it off, you know. Another one is I got mobbed by the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, which is also true. Uh, I was in an airport in El Paso holding my infant daughter, who was very cute. And apparently the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders were in El Paso for some reason and all catching a flight. And they all came into the same coffee shop and stood in line with me and gathered around me and said, oh my gosh, she's so cute and played with my little daughter. And they all had like track suits with stars on them, you know, like the Dallas Cowboy Lone Star. Mm. And I'll never forget there was this guy behind me in line. And after they left and got to the end of the line, the guy goes, dude, you just got mobbed by the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Awesome. I never forgot that either. Uh, you know, I survived a head-on collision on an interstate highway, which is also true, but I was going 15 miles an hour because it was snowing and I crossed the median and hit somebody right before we both stopped. So we kind of bumped into each other. If you can weave little stories like that, you're sure to win these things. It's simple. It's brain dead simple. As long as you can say, okay, what were some parts of my life that either are preposterous or things that weren't necessarily preposterous, but can be described as preposterous. And I agree a thousand percent. I think it's genius what you just offered. If you can take an icebreaker like that and build it into your Tinder profile, this is proven. You know it'll work. I mean, how are women going to resist? It's all about having that open loop. They're going to have to know what the answer is, which requires that they swipe right on you and find out and talk to you. And I guess that's a way where it's similar to online dating. It's all about intrigue because intrigue is irresistible. You get that zigarnic loop, right? Mm -hmm. You get that zigarnic effect, that open loop. I have to close it. I have to find out the answer. My mind will not let me escape until I find out that answer, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, open loops on dating sites in general are extremely powerful. You can get responses, by building those into your messages, um, you can get responses to people who maybe would have been on the fence, but they literally just cannot resist not knowing the answer uh, to the question. It's kind of solving the mystery is extremely important to us as humans. We have to know always. So it's a really powerful technique and you can use it right in your profile. And it's great because it doesn't come off as if you're bragging when you do something like this, right? You're creating a game. And so if you were to just list a bunch of amazing things about yourself and your Tinder profile and not end it with something like this, it would just look like you're just spitting out a bunch of things that make you you know, feel special about yourself. And that's obviously not attractive. But by doing it like this, it's just creating a game and it's giving her kind of a nugget, an easy angle to start a conversation with you. And what's better than your matches actually breaking the ice instead of you always having to break the ice?
0: Yeah, terrific. And see, what you're doing there is something I always talk about, which is bringing out the playful in women. Women want to laugh. They want to giggle. They want to be playful. That's their feminine nature. When you're inviting that feminine nature to come out and play, you're actually leading in a masculine way because women are going to respond to that. That's part of the mating dance. And guys often don't get that because they're being so dead serious. And worst, They're spitting out on their profile exactly who they are, exactly what they're about. The woman already knows your whole life story. She doesn't need to meet you. She knows everything. You know, I've seen guys on Tinder talk about their job, how much they make, what they drive, because they're so used to getting these interview questions from women on a first date that they're going to go ahead and answer them all up front, thinking that's what women want. But truthfully, it's all about how she feels. If you're bringing out that playful nature, if you're making her feel like a girl, then she's going to recognize you're a guy and that increases your likelihood of there being a match i love it talk to me about the pictures let's move into pictures cuz this is so important how would the pictures you put up on tinder differ than the pictures that might work on another dating site
1: first and foremost there's a restriction on the number of photos that you can put up so you're limited to a maximum of 6 photos some people will use more than that on a dating site but the bigger Kind of takeaway is that your Tinder photos just need to be more fun and casual. You don't want to have as many stuffy photos on a Tinder profile. So if you, uh, for example, are using a photo of you um, kind of all dressed up, it looks like it could almost be like a business photo, right? Um, That wouldn't necessarily be your Tinder, your main photo on Tinder. Now, could it be a little bit later in the stack? Uh, Yeah, of course. It can be a good photo to use in your lineup. You clean up well. Uh, You're a successful guy. It communicates some interesting things about you, but it's not what you would want to put right in the front of your profile, of your photo lineup.
0: Perhaps notwithstanding a tux picture with the bow tie undone. Exactly. I would imagine that would work. It's like, okay, well, what was he up to? He was at a formal event and, you know, obviously things got crazy because the bow tie is open. That would give the right vibe. But notwithstanding that, I agree with you that having this formal stuffy picture up front on Tinder would probably be a bad idea. What I've always heard guys who are in the know talk about is this idea of having active lifestyle pictures. But of course, my addition to that would be it still has to be flattering.
1: Of course. Of course. That's the, you know, the first step is to find uh, kind of a collection of photos that communicate the right things about you that you look really attractive in right there that you think you do. And then to actually figure out if those photos are attractive or not by getting feedback on your photos. That's really the the second thing and something that we'll want to talk about in a few minutes.
0: Now, it used to be easy just to go on hotornot.com and put your pictures up there and get them rated. But Hot or Not in recent years has kind of moved its focus to something else, actually something rather Tinder-like. Is there a place online that you know of nowadays, Scott, that will do that sort of thing for you? You can put pictures up there and have them rated by people.
1: Yeah, there are, you know, none of them are are perfect for this and they're always changing, but right now the best one that I know of is called PhotoFeeler. So if you go to photofeeler.com, it's got a lot of users and it's uh it works, you know. It's, the results seem pretty accurate. Um there is no foolproof way to do this right now. You know, okay, Cupid used to have its my best face which was awesome, but they eliminated it. So now we're kind of left not really having the data that we'd like sometimes on our photos, but it's always better to have some data and feedback than no data or feedback. Um, so I, I recommend checking out PhotoFielder. And then once you have an idea of which are the photos that are probably the strongest, the best way that I found on Tinder is actually just testing, right? And it's not rocket science because it's pretty simple because people are just swiping mainly on your pictures. So what you could do, for example, is if you have two to three potential options that you're stuck on for your main Tinder profile pick, you can just see how many swipes it takes you to get 10 or maybe 20 or 30 matches for each individual photo. You'll want to do the same number for each one. So let's say it's 20, how many girls do you have to swipe to the right in order to to line up 20 matches in your account. And based on those numbers, a lot of times you can tell that one photo is getting matches way quicker than the others. And that will really give you a better idea of which photo you should be using because the first photo that women see is by far the most important photo.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that seems like pretty straightforward advice. So I hope guys will follow that. One thing that came to mind for me is to kind of rotate around your Facebook picture your profile picture, and see how many likes you get. But now that I'm thinking about that, sometimes I've noticed that the prettier your picture is, the less amount of likes you get. And it's the people who seem like they need some love and need some reassurance who might not be so physically good-looking, really, that get all the likes and comments like, oh, you're so beautiful and blah, 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 especially women from members of the same gender as them. So I'm not even sure how reliable that is. So what you're talking about is probably the best way to go. I would just avoid the whole Facebook way of testing, even though it seems like such a no-brainer and a fall-out-of-bed way to test for free without any real agenda behind it. I'm just not sure it would be reliable. I do have a question for you, though. There seems to be a pretty hot debate about what kind of facial expression you should have as a guy in your online dating profile pictures. Relative to Tinder, what do you think? Is it the sly smile? Is it the Clint Eastwood, I'm a tough guy face? God forbid, is it the duck face, douche face? I mean, which is it? What do you do, personally?
1: Really, it's a hard question to answer because it just kind of comes down to what which photo is really best according to feedback. That's my basic answer. But if you're going to take photos for this, uh, specifically... I recommend getting some photos where you're not smiling, not looking at the camera, and some where you are kind of smiling and looking more at the camera. We do a lot of testing. So we have a different way where we do all of our testing internally, and oh, our method is is highly accurate. And we have clients do photos in both ways, and it's hard for me even to predict which one's going to win out. So it's really about just looking good in your photos. There's no hard rule on that, but... Okay, Cupid did do a study a long time ago that said, hey, women find you more attractive if you're not smiling and you're not looking at the camera. And a lot of people do that. And I think in a good percentage of the cases, it is uh, going to do better on a, on a site like Tinder. Tinder can work really well if you're not even like visible in the photo. We've tested things where clients were scuba diving in their main picture. We would add like a caption over the photo, which is also can sometimes work really well. It's something that Maybe worth testing if you have some basic Photoshop skills, right? Um, I think one of the ones that we did recently was uh, it said something like, this is called the scuba swipe and it always goes right and there's an arrow pointing to the right. And we put that caption overlay right over the client's scuba photo and his match rate like tripled.
0: You know, that seems amazing to me and a bit ironic because it would seem like, hey, pick me, pick me is really needy for a guy. But then again, it's the power of suggestion. So it is worth split testing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's something that you really have to test. You know, in this particular case, his the photos that we had uh, weren't very attractive. Let's put it that way. Um, so this was something that we wouldn't do if we had a great primary photo for another client who just had some awesome photos taken or some really cool and intriguing photos. Um, but all he had besides that was some kind of uh, lame, like, Professional-looking photos with a cowboy hat on that he had before he came to us, and the guy uh, was in a city where cowboy hats are not normal at all, and it just was not going over well. So we we made that change, and it made a big difference. But really, kind of the the moral of the story here is that this kind of thing is something that you shouldn't just say, "Hey, you know, I should do what Scott said," and this is going to you know three x my uh, match rate here. This is something that you would want to test if you're going to do any kind of like. Uh, caption overlay, that kind of stuff can work really great. It's just, it really depends on the situation. It depends on what your caption says. So I wouldn't take it as kind of one size fits all advice and have everybody running out there to put captions over their photos.
0: You mentioned the guy in the cowboy hat who was in a city where they really don't wear cowboy hats. Man, we as guys can be so stubborn, can't we? This is who I am. They're either going to take it or they're going to leave it. And what we do is we put together a picture Where we write things in our profile that are just eliminating women, disqualifying ourselves in the eyes of women, left and right, drowning us in our own dating pool. And we are stubbornly tree hugging those things because it's who we are and they better just like it. Yet, you know, if we make a few tweaks, realizing that, you know, it's a good thing to get women to be attracted to us and to get more of them to like us then that's going to make us happier and give us more satisfaction in the long run. We've got to take a long view on that. Guys, look, you may be wearing a cowboy hat in New York City or in Boston. In your online profile, don't wear the cowboy hat because you know women are going to go, well, that's not my kind of guy. Meet the woman. Let her fall in love with you. Let her really enjoy you. Let her at least figure out that you're a good guy and she wants to spend more time with you. Then bust out with the fact that you tend to wear a cowboy hat she'll be okay with it after she knows you and she's attracted to you. But when that's the first impression, you got to remember she doesn't know who you are or what you're about. So you're opening yourself to all these stereotypes, be they right or wrong, be they fair or unfair, that she's going to create in her mind about you even before she's had a chance to know you. So Scott, yeah, I'm always about telling guys that they should think in a way and present themselves in a way online that's going to always maximize their potential dating pool of women. Because remember, The more women you have to choose from, the better off you are anyway. So if you're unnecessarily getting them to delete you for no apparent good reason up front and certainly no valid reason, then that's just going to decrease your level of satisfaction with the whole online dating experience, be it on Tinder or anywhere else, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what your photos communicate is almost just as important as how attractive you look in them, you know, in this particular case, like he looked good in the photo, you know, it wasn't. The way that he looked, by any means, it was just that girls weren't digging the cowboy hat, you know. And sometimes you just need to take off the cowboy hat and take some more photos. We've had clients that uh, literally would ask us before they get more photos taken, listen, beard or no beard, you know. And we have females look at them and we give a, an opinion on that. And not everyone is willing to make changes like that. But I think, you know, sometimes it does make sense to to make a change if it's going to improve your dating life.
0: What's your opinion on getting professional photos done?
1: Generally speaking, professional photos are a great idea. The biggest consideration for professional photos versus not getting professional photos is your age and the age of the women that you're wanting to attract. So what we found is that guys in their kind of mid-20s who are trying to attract women in their lower 20s, oftentimes professional photos are not going to work very well, especially on Tinder. Okay. now it's all relative to what you have now. If all you have now is some really bad photos that you took in the mirror with your phone and the angle's bad, the lighting's bad, et cetera, and you don't know how to get better photos on your own and you're 25, well, come meet up with the photographer. It's uh, it's definitely going to improve your results. But if you already have some pretty good photos, a lot of times, you know, even professional photos, unless the photographer really gets it and they can take them in a way that doesn't look professional at all. Uh, Which is hard, harder than you'd think, um, then generally speaking, uh, it's not always a good idea. Most men can really benefit from professional photos. With that kind of warning aside, it's a good idea for most of us. The key to professional photos is that we try to make them not look professional. Okay, so a lot of people will go to the park and they'll stand up, you know, they'll kind of sit back against a tree and the photographer will have them do things that are really unnatural. Uh, maybe they put their, you know, their chin on their elbow. This is a really extreme example, but just so you can get the idea, that is a really, really, really bad idea. Studio shots are right in the same category. You go into a studio, you take photos, that's not attractive. As men, we should be outdoors. You know, Zeus actually did a study and they showed I think it was 18% uh, was the increase that people got in their response rate when they had outdoor photos versus indoor. This is for men specifically. So it does make a, uh, a difference to be outside in a natural environment and to take photos that look like they were taken by a friend who has a professional camera. That's the simplest way to put it. So if you were with a friend at the park, going back to my earlier example, what would you be doing? Right. So maybe you would be Sitting on, on the ground on a quilt, you know, or on a, on a blanket, you'd have a little cooler out. Maybe you have a couple bottles of water on the ground. Perhaps your sunglasses would be laying down on, by your side. Um, maybe your friend would even be in the picture. You know, <laughs> if you want to take a friend to your professional photo shoot, we've had clients do it. But the idea is, is that the more natural your photos look, generally speaking, the better they're going to do, especially on an app like Tender. Where it's just supposed to be really kind of laid back and uh, and fun versus super serious because professional photos that look professional look really serious like I'm trying really hard.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you added that part about the photos looking natural as if they're not professional photos. I think the key there is to get a photographer who understands online dating and who gets what the purpose here is. Otherwise, they're going to try to shoot you like they would babies in a studio, and it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys have a really hard time getting pictures done. A lot of us really don't know how to be photogenic. We don't know how to pose for the camera. We just don't know how to take a good picture. Whereas if someone's professional, they'll at least get the lighting right. They won't be blurry. They will bring out the best in you. And if they know how to do that naturally and kind of fly under the radar with the whole thing, I agree a thousand percent that you're better off. But I also agree with you that if it's a matter of having personal shots the best you can get versus looking like you're trying too hard with these professional glamour shot-ish kind of photos, then uh, you're probably better off with the former than the latter. Exactly. One thing I also want to add is you mentioned that the Zusk survey said that you're better off taking pictures outside. One thing that I would add to qualify that statement is make sure it's not out in direct sunlight where there's a lot of glare and you're squinting because that will never flatter you. And of course, you don't want to put sunglasses on and hide your eyes, which are the windows of your soul ever on any online site. So I would say either make it in the shade or even better yet on a day that's mostly cloudy and overcast, not raining and pouring, obviously, but a day where it's not very sunny and you'll get much more natural shots of what you really look like. So I think we've covered pictures pretty well. I'd like for you to talk a little bit about procedure on Tinder. We've talked about what to write in your brief profile, the pictures you want to use. What about the tactics? What about the ways you would go about using Tinder for maximum results? I've heard guys say that you just should swipe right on everybody and see what happens. I don't know about that. What do you
1: think? Well, generally speaking, swiping right on everyone is not a bad idea. Uh, The thing is, is looking at the second, third or fourth photo just really is never worth the time. What I recommend doing is either making split second decisions and just getting good at doing it very quickly or swiping just everyone right on Tinder. Because the just amount of time that it takes to further inspect photos just doesn't give you the return on that time invested. You can always unmatch people if you're swiping really quickly and you get a match that you're just not attracted to. You can make them disappear. You just hit the unmatch button and they're gone forever. I mean, you're, you're going to disappear on their end too. So that's kind of the the more time efficient way to approach this. And then moving on to the, to the messaging, you need to have a small set of really good icebreakers to test. Okay? So one thing about Tinder is... People don't really tell you much about themselves at all in their profiles. A lot of people put nothing in their profiles. They put um, maybe just their height or a couple quick stats like uh, med student, 5'2", uh, right? whatever. So there's not much to go off of there. And coming up with a unique icebreaker for each individual person, it's very time consuming. Now, sometimes you could get a match and you really like her and you... Look at a profile and you see a good angle. And I'm not saying that you should never come up with unique messages. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that the majority of the time, it doesn't make sense because the angle is not going to be there. And the beautiful thing about having some kind of set icebreakers that you could send to anyone is that you can track. And so we talked a little bit about just being systematic about testing your photos. Well, you can do the exact same thing with your messages. And I highly recommend that you do it because it will tell you a lot about what's working and what's not. So that's just kind of the basics of what you're going to want to know for your messaging. Um, we can get into a couple examples of what a, a good icebreaker message uh, would be like.
0: Please, let's have it. Spit it out. Let's do it.
1: Okay. So basically, the there are lots of different ways that you can break the ice. You know, Like I said, you can look at what's in our profile, or you can... One thing that I like to do is work off of some of the phrases that Tinder automatically puts in the text box, right? So if you've done a lot of Tinder, you've probably seen things like, you can tell your kids you met on Tinder, right? Conversations don't write themselves. Staring at this screen won't start a combo. You're not getting any younger. In many cultures, silence is considered rude. So you've probably seen these, right? And uh, what I recommend is kind of Looking at these and, and using them sometimes to come up with different messages. So one specific example, so you can understand the application of this, that's uh, worked really, really well is one message I came up with was Tinder saying, "My lonely days are over once I say hi." Does this mean we're exclusive? Question mark. You can put a wink on it. it. Makes it really obvious that you're just using humor. Okay. This particular message. For me, when I did testing, I sent over 60 messages and I got a 83% response rate on this message. Okay? I almost always got responses from the girls that I liked. So, I at that time, I tested 11 different messages. You should come up with some different ideas that you could send to anyone and see how they work, you know, because some of them are going to bomb. I had some that I came up with that I thought they were hilarious, but apparently I was the only one. So, you know, even being an expert in this field, sometimes you come up with stuff that's not going to work. And that's the power of testing ideas that seem good on paper and just tracking the actual response rate.
0: Yeah, and that's okay. You can't take this stuff personally. I think from here, we need to talk about how to turn initial contact on Tinder into real world meetings. What's the best way to do that?
1: If only I had one sentence that taught this. This is the most difficult part of teaching Tinder because it's something that you're going to get better at with experience. And there isn't kind of one size fits all advice for this. But, But the key things that I think make the biggest difference are, first of all, just avoid being boring at all costs. So this is probably the biggest mistake that a lot of guys make on Tinder is in their messages, they ask things like, how was your day? Uh, what did you do last <laughs> yep. weekend? Right. right. And it's
0: just like online dating.
1: Then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and these are just shorter messages and women have shorter attention spans on Tinder. Uh, momentum is important. It's much more important than even the dating sites because people are used to kind of checking certain times of the day or whatever. I mean, it's getting more and more mobile, even on the dating sites. But Tinder is very like, Text messaging, I mean, it's message, 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 message.
0: It just seems to me like your text game has to be hot on the tarmac ready to go when you're using Tinder.
1: It's true. It's true. So, you know, getting better at text messaging will help your Tinder a lot. It's very, very similar. You've just got to be kind of quick on your feet. You've got to come up with witty, good material quickly. But the key is, if that's not naturally you, just to have some canned stuff ready to go. You know, a lot of the things that I say even in the back and forth on Tinder is stuff that I use over and over and over again. So you'll find some things that are really authentically you that feel like you that seem to work and you just always need to be paying attention when you try different things. A lot of uh, the conversation that you have, a lot of the good conversation will be uh, question driven, right? So the example that I gave, you know, does this mean we're exclusive? How many potential answers can she have to that so it's kind of closed end which actually on a dating site i wouldn't do right Um, but on an app like tinder it's fast so it's okay women will respond with like one of three answers depending on what they respond to that well you have an idea of what you're going to send next so there's certain material that can work really well so if a girl says no you know a lot of times i would say things like ah well, I already updated my relationship status on Facebook with like an exclamation mark. You know, I say, and my friends are asking, and I'd have like three questions, you know, saying like my friends are asking me all these questions about you. And then I'd ask questions. Um, But there are certain scenarios that you're going to see over and over again. So that is the easiest way for me to teach you to be good at this, because it's one of those things that like, you know, learning text messaging is kind of a different skill than the dating sites. It's something that. Is uh takes a little bit more time, it's a great skill to have, you know, in our time, but uh, it takes a little bit more tweaking of your approach uh, until you really find something that you're going to feel most uh successful with. But if you have some kind of proven material right off the bat, it's going to really help you stay out of the trap, which is kind of having the normal, boring conversation that she's already had with 50 guys before you.
0: Yeah, one neat little ninja tactic that I can add to that is avoid asking women questions that are going to involve them having to think about it a lot. Like, you know, what are the three most amazing places you've ever visited? Or what are the three best books you've ever read? That's going to make her have to go, well, let's see. Let me think about this. Let me go through all the file cards. She's probably just going to go, oh, heck with it. and Move on to the next one. Because she doesn't know you yet. There's nothing invested there. So you're asking for her to take a lot of time and do a lot of thought and a lot of busy work. She just doesn't have time for that yet. But if you say something like, if you could snap your fingers and be anywhere right now, where would you go in the world? And you can even say you've got five seconds to answer, you see, and that's, boom, that's the way you do that.
1: Yeah, it's brilliant. The time restraint's a nice detail. You know, that particular yeah. type of question is something that'll work really well because not only is it easy, it's also fun. You know, who doesn't like to think about where they would be right now if they could be anywhere in the world? I mean, that's a pretty exciting thing, especially for you know women who are adventurous and uh, and have you know kind of dreams i mean who doesn't like to think about their dreams and most people dream about travel the dating sites themselves we did an analysis and found that 90% of the profiles in new york had Laura travel in them. <laughs> so even though these people
0: probably never go anywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. But they they still like to to think that they like to travel. And most of them have dreams of travel. So connecting with simple questions that, you know, don't take a lot of thought that are entertaining to answer. So instead of saying, you know, something like, How was your day? Or what did you do last weekend? Or even what are you going to be doing this weekend? Right? You can turn a boring question into something that's a bit more fun. Like What kind of trouble, mischief, travel, fun are you getting into this weekend? All separated by dashes. So it's not the best question in the world, but it's just an example of how you can take something that's naturally pretty boring and make it something fun. You know, what kind of mischief, word like mischief, you know, are you going to get into this weekend? That's way more fun than what are your plans for this weekend. So it opens things up, it creates more playful tone. And it's understandable that sometimes you really don't have. A lot to go off of because the conversations always need to flow. They need to feel natural. So like the travel question that we had, if you're having a conversation about, let's say you open with the uh, exclusive line, right? And you're having the conversation about, you know, my mom would never approve of someone I just met on Tinder. She says that. And you say, great. Great. Well, if you have a free trip to anywhere in the world, you know, where would you go? Or, you know, if you could snap your fingers, (laughs) it has to connect, you know, it has to feel natural. When things don't connect, women don't feel the level of comfort that they're going to need to want to continue the conversation with you. It just feels off. So everything needs to flow together in the conversation. And you can have certain things that, you know, like Scott said, easy questions, fun to answer that just open things up, create, move the conversation in directions that you'd like them to go. And you can kind of have that in your arsenal, and it'll take you a long way with the back and forth.
0: I like the idea of talking about mischief, because then you can accuse her of being naughty, which of course will open up a whole new world. Love that. We're running short of time, Scott. I have a couple lightning round questions for you. Give me your quick answers to the following. Mm -hmm. Other apps besides Tinder, I'm especially hoping you've got a resource that will allow you to meet women who are within 100 yards of you instead of within a mile of you. Are there any apps that have picked up on that or are there any other apps that you're going to recommend these guys take a look at for any reason?
1: Yeah, so Happen is the newest kind of emerging app that's really taking over right now. And basically, you can only match with people if you've crossed paths with them. So this is going to work better uh, in bigger cities. So people who are living in cities that pass lots of people on the street on the way to work or whatever, you know, it's going to be lower volume. But what we've seen is that the users are very responsive. So you get a really high match rate. Um, So Happen's a great one to check out. Hinge is also uh, really evolving quickly. They've made a lot of improvements to their app and it's getting more and more popular. Uh, So Hinge is definitely one to check out as well. Um, Bumble may be worth a look. And Coffee Meets Bagel, like we had mentioned before, is also uh, a pretty good app.
0: For guys who don't know, what's the hook with coffee meets bagel?
1: So coffee meets bagel is basically you just get a bagel a day. So it's for that reason, it's not as desirable if you want to go on a lot of dates. But the people are very responsive on the app because by nature of only getting a match a day, you're not overwhelmed with kind of a volume of matches. And what our clients find is the quality of the users is is generally much higher. So, you know, average education level, for example, for clients that want to find people who are really intelligent or just really um, kind of have their stuff together. So it's a really good app, but you're not going to get a ton of activity.
0: Well, the two things I've heard about Coffee Meets Bagel are first of all, it's run by women, so it's very woman friendly. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the women on Tinder are thinking, okay, these guys are just looking for a booty call. But on Coffee Meets Bagel, It's designed to attract more women, which can only be terrific for us as guys. The second thing, if I remember correctly, is Coffee Meets Bagel is tied to Facebook. Only friends of friends are being paired with you. So that adds a little bit of a familiarity level, whereas total strangers anywhere else could be matched with you on Tinder and the like. In the real world, I suspect that makes no difference whatsoever. But the comfort level, the perception is everything,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And women especially, they really like that because it uh, it adds a level of comfort safety, you know, being in the same social circles. So that's the kind of intention there. The, the reality is that you will get some matches that you're not really connected with in the way they sure. promised, but it's created that um, kind of psychology for the user that uh, it's friends of friends type thing. It's a social app. So it is a good platform and it's definitely worth a look.
0: Last question, and this is the money question. Is Tinder just a hookup app?
1: No. So <laughs> Very good. Basically, it's thought of as a hookup app because the users tend to be uh, kind of more hookup oriented. It's got that reputation, and the reputation in a large way, I think, breeds itself, right? So the users are a little more in that direction. But we've gotten a lot of clients in relationships on Tinder, serious relationships. Women are women, you know, even if some of them maybe on the app are even looking to hook up, a lot of those women want to get married and have kids, you know? Um, And it doesn't mean that a lot of the women on the app, actually, they'll ask questions when you're chatting with them to try to gauge if you're just trying to get a hookup, you know? Um, Because a lot of them are wary of guys that are just using it for that purpose. There are a lot of people looking for serious relationships on Tinder. It's extremely mainstream. It's a pretty good representation of the general population now because it's become so popular. And uh, I don't think everybody out there just wants to hook up.
0: With numbers comes the stability of the general population. Exactly. Well, Scott, this has been a fascinating conversation. I can't believe how much high quality information we've given these guys in such a short time. I want to give you the chance to tell them about your unique service because what you're doing here is absolutely growing by leaps and bounds. You have more and more people discovering virtual dating assistant and what you're doing. It's happened in a very short time, kind of a meteoric rise, if you will, because what you do is so valuable. And it's kind of like taking what goes on with an introduction service, but combining it with online dating and saving guys just a bundle of money and getting them even better results, right?
1: It opens things up so much because most people – are really limiting themselves by making a lot of different mistakes on the apps. And a lot of times it's really hard to know that you're making these mistakes unless you have somebody that can look at them with kind of an outside eye and see the things in a different way than you're seeing them now. So we really save not only our clients a lot of time, but we've saved them a lot of lost matches by coming in, taking a look at what they're doing, Uh, Kind of repositioning them, completely changing their approach, oftentimes completely changing the sites and apps that they're on, writing new profiles, uh, having an internal process to figure out which are their best photos, getting them all set up on different sites, and then actually even handling the messaging. Now, not all of our clients let us do that, but for the vast majority of our clients, we actually set up the dates. So we will manage their Tinder accounts. Will manage their OKCupid, their their mash.com and it and it really opens things up for them in terms of the possibilities locally and uh, really just the quality of dates that they go on after they have had kind of everything revamped. And it's a great learning experience as well. Just you know, there's really no faster way to learn how to be great at this than to see hey somebody doing it for you just right.
0: Tim Ferriss famously talked about outsourcing his online dating in the book Four Hour Workweek, and uh, you guys have become a one stop shop for that. It's actually terrific. And you guys are the world-class market leaders in doing exactly that. So guys, here's a site you've got to see. You've got to do yourself a favor and check out Scott Valdez's website, Virtual Dating Assistant. I've set up a special URL as always, www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash virtual, V-I-R-T-U-A-L. Once again, that's thechickwhisperer.com front slash virtual. Go ahead and check that out when you're back in front of your computer. If you're out and about right now, and you will not be disappointed. It's a lot of fun. And what Scott and his team are doing is just remarkable. It's great results. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a terrific discussion. So glad we had the chance to talk about this.
1: I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Scott.
0: And guys, remember, this show depends on your reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. If you like this show, if you dig what you heard, if this was even 0.001% valuable to you, Please go to iTunes and take one second to click the five-star rating at the top of the page where all the little stars are in gray. That will help keep the show on the air. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Tell us what you think of the show. When you do that, write me at Scott at DeserveWhatYouWant.com. Again, my name's Scott with one T. And uh, I will be able to show you my appreciation for that in return once you write to me. Guys, it's been a great show. I'll talk to you again next time on the World Famous Chick Whisperer Podcast. Until then, this is Scott McKay coming at you from San Antonio, Texas. Be good out there. The Chick Whisperer Podcast is copyright 2009 by X and Y Communications, all rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter at www.thechickwhisperer.com. This is Ed Roy Oldham speaking for the Chick Whisperer Podcast.